ladies and gentlemen, coming to you from the outskirts of the greatest territory in wrestling history, Memphis, Tennessee, it's Wrestling Talk with Mayor McCall. I'm your co-host, Willie B. As always, I'm joined by my tag team partner. He's the founder, promoter, and CEO of this podcast. And I'm proud to announce the most recent member of the Handsome Jimmy Valiant's Boogie Wrestling Camp's Hall of Fame class of 2023, Mayor McCall. Willie B., thank you as always. We have a very, very special guest today. He's a WWF legend. He was one half of the legendary tag team, the Killer Bees. He's the current president and CEO of the Cauliflower Alley Club. He's a best-selling author. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, please welcome Brian Blair. All right. Wow, thank you guys. That's a great introduction. I appreciate it. Will it be? Yes, sir. How are you, John? sir? I'm excited <laughs> about being on the Wrestling Podcast. That's awesome. Well, appreciate you, sir. Well, so you are tell just talk about your role with Cauliflower Cauliflower Alley Club. Well, uh, for the past uh, nine years, I've been the president and the CEO, and um, it's a tremendous organization. You can go to caulifloweralleyclub.org and check us out. We're a group of volunteers. Uh, nobody gets paid. Every dollar goes to the cause, and we raise money. Uh, through memberships and through our reunion, which we just finished in Las Vegas. Uh, I'll tell you more about that in a minute, but through our reunions, through uh, kind contributors, and um, <clears throat> we give away lots and lots of money to wrestlers that fall on difficult financial hardships, and that's all verified. We have different board members with different functions. We have accounting, accountants, attorneys. Uh, we make sure that and every nickel is appropriated exactly as we say it is, and uh, that uh, every person uh, that asks for help, uh, provided that they truly need help, um, and it's not for drugs or alcohol, get the help uh, that they need. So uh, we've uh, already uh, we've given away, just since I've been on board, over a million dollars. Wow. But uh, we gave away about... Uh, $70,000 so far just this year and um, you know you can join for 35 bucks for a year uh, 400 bucks for a lifetime and uh, you get three or four copies of our award-winning uh, newsletter the year and uh, <clears throat> going back to the reunion it entitles you to go to the reunion that we have once a year we just finished in Vegas where we uh, had a another sellout cl uh, crowd Some tremendous honorees from uh, Ron Simmons, uh, the Nasty Boys, uh, Coco Beware, uh, Mickey James, CM Punk, uh, Lucha, uh, Damien Six Six Six. We give out the Lucha Libre Award. We we honored. Uh, <clears throat> uh, we do a posthumous award, and Killer Carl Cox was the recipient of that. The James C. Melby Award, where uh, Koji Miyamoto came all the way from Japan. He's a, one of the premier uh, journalists and historians from Japan, and uh, we had a the first time ever uh, independent wrestling award, and a wonderful girl who I had not heard of until I saw her tapes, and we received a lot of votes for her, Rhea Von Slasher. Uh, she was also honored as well as uh, Joe Malenko uh, from <clears throat> Dean and Joe Malenko, the brothers, and uh, Jody had his uh, big run in Japan. He was he was really big over there, so he just primarily stayed here where, where Dean uh, was bigger here in the United States. And 
We also have what's called a real a real award winner. Roddy Piper won that one year. Uh, several other <coughs> Hollywood uh, uh, people, but uh, Al Burke was the recipient of that award this year. So the Cauliflower Alley Club, it, w- it was awesome, guys. If you ever want to go to the most uh, addicting, fun time uh, that you could ever go to for three days, uh, it's uh, a Cauliflower Alley Co- Club reunion. This was our 50, 57th reunion. I, I, I had the privilege of seeing a lot of the pictures going around on social media and also had the privilege of having a f- couple of phone calls with uh, Coco Beware since then. And I told him how sharp he was looking out there. And, yeah, he said he said he had a great time out there. And he can attest to, you know, what you're saying about the experience. It's great for the – of course, great for the fans and definitely, you know, great for the boys themselves. They they seem to really love it. And, I, like I said, I told him – I said, Coco, you were styling and profiling out there in Vegas. <laughs> he was, he was, and uh, he he had a tremendous time, tremendous time. I mean, everybody did. It was, it was so good. I mean, the honorees feed off each other, and you know the members uh, uh, and the people that worked so hard to put it together all year long. I mean, everybody just kind of gelled together and had a fabulous, fabulous time. So, just to recap, let our fans know that. You know, as you know, that professional wrestlers don't have a retirement fund. It's it's not like with the the NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball. There is no retirement fund, and so in order to give back to so many of these professional wrestlers that gave so so much of their body and their years to us as fans, um, having having an organization like Cauliflower Cauliflower Alley Club is, is crucial. And please go to Cauliflower Alley dot or Cauliflower Alley Club dot com, and when you go to the front page, you can immediately click on become dot org. You can um, you can click on become a member or a lifetime member, and as, and as Brian said, you can everything you do goes to help those that, that entertained and helped us over the years. Um, and so, just uh, again, fans, go go check out caulifloweralleyclub.org and and uh, sign up. It's thirty five dollars a year, or as Brian said, a four hundred dollar lifetime membership. Exactly. Thank you, guys. Yeah, glad to. Glad to. It, I mean. It's amazing. You know, we don't really announce the people that we assist, but uh, some people give us that opportunity like Coco has. And, um, <clears throat> of course, uh, Kamala, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, Bobby the Brain Heenan. I mean, so many, you know, household names that made lots and lots of money. And for some reason, you know, either uh, a lack of planning or they didn't pay some taxes, uh, you know, we have to pay state taxes, and a lot of guys don't keep up on the state taxes. Uh, they can build up and uh, put liens on your houses and things like that. And uh, just a lot of people get sick with no insurance. It's sure. Really sad. Well, only thing we can do to help and uh, promote this, and I think it's I think it's important. I think it's it's a fan. I think it's important to know that uh, that you're helping you're helping wrestlers. Um, it, it, it to me, it makes me want to give even more to make sure that's going to those that, like I said, that. That entertained us all those years and, and has given so much and, and and we're able as fans to give back yeah exactly it's, it's re- very rewarding because you know, as as you said mayor john um it's just um uh you know the guys gave everything uh left it all in the ring just to entertain the fans of course you know they made a living but uh you know they paid the price and so many guys are so hurt and um didn't have proper insurance, you know, co-pays eat them up, um, you, you know, they have one operation and their insurance, uh, their deductible may be, you know, 20,000 bucks with their 
medicine or uh, even if they have insurance and a lot of guys don't have that laying around so every dime that uh, that people go and contribute or join the club uh, goes to help uh, somebody that uh, has fallen on one of these difficult financial times again again to reiterate what what a, what a great cause and great organization and also while we're in a you know a thanking mood i definitely want to uh, give a, a shout out and a big thank you to our, uh, our buddy of ours uh, steve kern uh, steve kern made this interview possible and you know hooked um, hooked us up with you brian so definitely we want to thank you know mr steve kern great been nothing but short of great to willie and i and we we can't thank steve enough for what he's what he's done for us Oh, Steve's great. He's one of my best friends in the whole world. Oh, I know because he he uh, you know we we've actually have a good you know really good relationship going on and you know we text back and forth and and, and he's he sends me many many pictures of, of 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 you and you and him you know doing things together out on the boat just man and just enjoying life together and he thanks so much of you so it's great that you guys have each other and have a friendship like you do like I said he thanks the world of you. Yeah, absolutely both ways yeah it's good to know very good to know and the last time we had talked to you you were uh you were, said you're on the way to film a hulk hogan documentary talk us through that How, how'd that go that day oh it went great uh really not supposed to be talking about it. ah uh, okay yeah, we, I, I i just won't tell you the name of it but yeah i filmed a, a hulk hogan documentary and uh, it'll be on the life in times of uh, Hulkster, uh, who just got married, by the way. Congratulations. Congratulations to the Hulkster. Yeah, yeah, he's another very close friend of mine. And, um, you know, I just love Terry. You know, they try to get me to bury him a few times, and there's nothing to bury him about. I mean, you guys have been all aces to me. And, you know, if it wasn't for him, many of us wouldn't have made a living in the industry. I mean, he helped revolutionize the industry. I was right there when it all happened. And, to witness that you know i was you know because terry and i were such good friends and vince needed terry and kept him next to him like a puppy dog you know um uh, or his best friend or his, you know whatever i mean like his briefcase and uh so i i was able to you know fly in all the learjets driving all the limousines and listen to all the stuff that was going on it was it was really interesting and um, you know, be a part of it all as well. Interesting. Transition, you know, what really made uh, WWE what it is today. A hundred percent. There's that's without Hulkamania, there is, and then the rock and rock and wrestling connection back in the '80s and the, and, the, and the boom of the WWF era. There is there is no professional wrestling as we know it today. That that's without question. No, we'd probably be in the territory still. Yeah, yeah. So speak, speaking of your, you know, you, you've obviously you've known, I'm, I'm assuming you've known Hulk Hogan for most of your life or, or a good part of it. Um, tell us about your background as a wrestler. Right? Were you were you also trained by Hiro Matsuda? Yes. Okay. Yes. I was trained for, for three summers. Uh, senior, my, summer of my senior year in high school and uh, two summers in college. And um, during those three summers, uh, <clears throat> the first summer, uh, a lot of guys came and went, and uh, Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff was the only one that stayed. Wow. And uh, the very next summer, he uh, graduated and started, and then uh, uh, then I trained that next summer. A lot of people came and went, and then the next summer, uh, 
I started. Uh, finally got to break into wrestling and had about, oh, I don't know, maybe a month's worth of in-ring work, but I was still working in the dungeon, um, you know, stretching everybody and doing what I was told to do. And um, Hogan came in, and uh, I, I had uh, known Terry for quite a while. You know, I used to sneak into the bar. And, uh, he had, uh, he played in a, uh, a band called Ruckus, and he was a bass guitar player, and he stood out like a sore thumb. I mean, he was just amazing. <laughs> that was a big so bass player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, you know, he's got a suntan, long blonde hair and muscles, and he's got about four or five-inch uh, platform shoes on then. You know, we're, we're talking about the mid-'70s. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it turns out he played bass and also ran bodyguard for the group, I'm sure. Yeah, well, I don't know about the bodyguard part, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he uh, he probably didn't want to get his hands dirty then, but, uh, <laughs> you know, like he was such a freak. He had his mother's jewelry on, and, and uh, you know, everybody would go. Ruckus was a good band, but, you know, Terry made that band special, and he, you know, they just packed places wherever they were at. So when you're talking about and, training, that was actually with the Grams and in, in, in for Championship uh, Wrestling from Florida, correct? Right. Eddie Graham owned the territory. He's the principal owner. And uh, Hiro Matsuda ran the school uh well <laughs> what you want to call it a school it was mostly a place where people that said they wanted to be wrestlers came in there and they got stretched and uh, did a bunch of calisthenics and usually left without their clothes and um you know a few guys happened to uh, catch their eyes um who they liked and um, you know there were some other uh, good talent that got trained there uh, later on uh, hercules Hernandez. uh uh, Ray did um, uh, the, um, uh, Lex Luger, you know, uh, Ron Simmons. So, you know, some great guys uh, stayed after my time, and um, you know, it just uh, it was like the place to train. It was like if you get through the dungeon, you can make it anywhere. I mean, everybody got booked. If you made it through Heroes Dungeon and broke it in Florida. Uh, you were automatically booked. I never one time had to go ask for a job. I mean, uh, for my very first territory, which was Florida, people called me uh, or, or Eddie Graham, <clears throat> you know, asking for me. So, well, can uh, you can you describe what what some of the things you went through with with Matsuda's training? I know obviously he was a, a shooter. Um, so, did you go through a lot of shoot holds? Was it more oh, yeah. of you know so that you could actually quote protect yourself? Where you you knew what, you legitimately knew what you were doing, um, can you can you kind of just go through some of that for us? Sure. Well, you know, I was an amateur wrestler, so okay. Uh, yes, yeah, so there you go. That's that, the background that, I was that, asking about your your amateur wrestling background. He, okay. Yeah, amateur wrestling football, and um, you know, uh, uh, Orndorff was uh, he was a tremendous football player at the University of Tampa, and he got drafted by the Saints, and then um, you know Hogan was a really good baseball player. And, bowler and he was a good athlete but um you know wrestling had its advantages and disadvantages being know how to knowing how to amateur wrestler because as soon as you uh tight waist somebody they're going to double wrist lock you and we were doing mma before mma was cool we yes. were doing jujitsu before uh catch know, wrestling anybody ever heard of the crazies catch wrestling yes, yes. Yeah. and uh you know gordon nelson and um uh, uh 
the uh, guys from uh, different guys from Wiggins. Um, you know, one of the most fav- famous of all, Carl Gotch, he used to come down and just really, really torture us. And uh, so, you know, Bob Backlund, and uh, uh, who wasn't the greatest hooker, but he was a very, very excellent amateur wrestler, you know, a strong guy as well, and Jack Briscoe. A lot yes. of the guys would come down, and, you know, we'd have to start out doing calisthenics, and start out doing 100 push-ups and 100 Hindu squats and in three weeks we worked up to doing 500 push-ups and 500 Hindu squats and that was very you're you're blown up before you even get in the ring then they'd put you in the ring and tell you to wrestle just shoot wrestle uh and it was usually you know there was no time periods it was like until one person puked or gave up or you know, sometimes going 10 minutes at a time. And, you know, in college, you only have three three-minute periods. In high school, you have three two-minute periods. And here, you know, you want to you wanna feel some, uh, you want to test your endurance. And you do all those um, push-ups, Hindu squats, and then wrestle for 10 minutes. And I guarantee your tongue is going to be hanging out. Well, and people that have never trained... Fun. Or, or wrestle don't don't understand that when you say two minutes three minutes they, oh that's not so much no it, it will that one two minute when you have to go for two straight minutes or even when you're grappling I've, 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 I've dabbled in jiu-jitsu here and there and even when you when you're having to grapple it will absolutely just wear you out more than anything it, it is one of the most grueling uh, demanding uh, physical activities you can you can you can endure yeah you're spraining every muscle in your body you know, yes uh, no matter what you're doing uh, Unless you're riding somebody, and you're you're always exerting yourself to the max. I mean, it's just very, very difficult. Very difficult. We're very, very blessed to be out of there and uh, and uh, be able to uh, um, uh, you know still be alive, still be able to go wrestle. So it's safe to say, if you went through Hero Matsuda's training, you were more than more than capable of handling yourself in the ring. If if anything ever went went crazy. And someone decided Absolutely. to go in business for themselves, or you, or a fan jumped in the ring. You were, you had no issues being able to uh, take care of yourself. No, I mean I, I had like five, six shoots outside of the business with other, just with other wrestlers. I mean, I never started one, but I never lost one. There you go. And uh, you know, that's just the way. That's the kind of training you get. So it's uh, it's amazing. It's amazing, and the confidence that you get. It's, you know, you know, you can uh, get hit a couple times uh, and take it and work until you get what's given to you, and then you apply it, and then it's over. Absolutely. We talked about, you know, you worked with Hulk Hogan early on. You debuted in a tag team match against Pat Patterson and Ivan Koloff. And then it seems like you went to. After you know, after you know, Florida, you went on to the NWA. You know, out of Kansas City, you work with like Jesse Ventura, some uh, you know some of those other guys. Tell us, tell us about that experience and you know the NWA out of Kansas City. Oh, I tell you a great story. Um, wow, this is my first territory, and I don't know how long Jesse had been working, maybe a year or so, and I had been working maybe nine months, and. We get to Kansas City, and uh, they put me with Bob Geigel. I became the uh, tag team champions with Bob Geigel. So I'm learning and learning, and all of a sudden they 
they were hurting and they needed a, a shot in the arm bad and Jesse came in and uh, Jesse said that he wanted to do an angle with me so we uh, dropped the belt so I could do single matches and uh, uh, I uh, wind up doing an angle with uh, Jesse on television and the guy could just get heat I mean they were so used to like the old guys um uh, you know, Bulldog, Bob Brown, Pat O'Connor, um, Bob Geigel, they were the, and uh, Harley Race, Harley Race, Bob Geigel, and Pat O'Connor were the three owners of the territory. Wow. And Bulldog Brown was like the staple babyface there forever, and so they needed some new young blood. And, of course, I was young, but I was green, and Jesse was green, too, and Anyway, we do this angle, and Kansas City hadn't been sold out. The Coliseum in Kansas City hadn't been sold out in over a year. And we get to Kansas City. There, there's more people outside than there are inside trying to get in. And Geigel and O'Connor, those guys are going crazy, you know, absolutely crazy. Obviously, Jesse and I are elated. Everybody's coming up to us. Hey, man, great house, great house. Uh, so, you know, we're the main event. Uh, uh, so, you know, it's time to go out and nobody's given us a finish. And, you know, <laughs> we're in separate dressing rooms. I'm thinking Jesse has the finish or the referee's going to give me something in the ring. And Jesse's thinking kind of the same thing. Uh, a lot of times the referees, you know, would go back and forth and bring you the finishes. And So, you know, here this is a big deal. You know, they need to be planning something. I mean, even though I'm green, I know enough to know that you've got to have a good finish here so that you can come back and bring these people back um, and, uh, you know, come back in a lumber, uh, lumberjack match, then uh, maybe a, a bull rope match or a Texas death match, and then work up into a cage match so you can keep that house going. And um, so we get out there and nobody's got a finisher or a clue so between him and I uh, you know he's got the crowd enough where the people are uh, wanting to kill him and you know the referees there going back and forth between us because I obviously want to kill him but he's staying away from me and um, we're trying to talk to the referee in, in between you know uh, so somehow it comes where we're, we're going to go uh, I'm going to chase Jesse into the ring and he's gonna he's gonna drop down. I'm gonna <coughs> leapfrog him. I'm gonna come. He's gonna go to backdrop me, and I'm gonna kick him. And I'm gonna fire up on him, and he's gonna drop to his knees and beg off. And we'll see what happens from there. Well, <laughs> sure enough, the, the people just wanted me to annihilate him, so I chase him around the ring, chase him around the ring. He drops down. Uh, he he drops down and rather than going for the uh, 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 he he wasn't in the middle of the ring for the backdrop, so I just drew back because he grabbed the ropes and I started get, getting closer to him, getting closer to him, and the people are you know I'm firing up, I'm firing up, and uh, Nick Patrick or whatever the referees are trying to push me back, push me back, and he drops down to his knees, and you know he should have. He should have stopped me right then. He should have stopped me. But instead, uh, I hit him 
I, I wound up, uh, he slowly gets up in the corner, and I wound up hitting him, and it sounded like, you know, like a shotgun hit a watermelon. And the people went, they were up, they were standing up, and they wanted me to do nothing but kick his ass. So, boom, boom, I shot him, and I mean, I did so much stuff to him, and they're still popping and still popping. And, and finally, you know, I've, like beat him he, he's got to stop me he's got to stop me otherwise i'm gonna if i don't if i beat him anymore i'm gonna turn heel so um and this is kind of the error of things that can happen especially the green people uh, when the people buck robley was a booker he should have you know somebody should have uh told us something and we get to the, Jesse just ran to the back and I chased him. You know, we didn't know any better, didn't know anything to do. I mean, he just left getting his ass kicked. And and we get up, there's a stage uh, there at the auditorium. And, you know, I don't know how many people that place holds, like 10,000 people, it was packed, 8,000 people. And there were, like I said, there were people outside, just, you know, they couldn't get any more people in there. and. Bob Geigel and Harley Race and um, uh, Buck, they're all standing there arguing with each other. Um, and they start yelling at us, hey, God dang, guys, why didn't you get the finish? Uh, Jesse said the same thing as me. Well, we were waiting to get the finish. I mean, nobody nobody brought us a finish. And they go back to yelling at each other. And it's a big deal. There's other matches going on now. And... Uh, you know, it was like, a, I thought one of them was going to kill the other one. And, um, you know, we just kind of left it like that. Um, I think we, uh, I, I can't remember even if we came back again or what we did. But it was, uh, that was a night where lots and lots and lots of money was wasted down the camp because of lack of preparation. I think they think, they thought that. You know, they were just going to have another, you know, 2,000 people house. And uh, instead, the, you know, it popped. They didn't know, uh, and nobody gave us a finish. And it mostly uh, lied on the shoulders, I'm sure, of Buck Rowland. Man, what a what an interesting, great story. Thank you for sharing that with us. I know that um also I know you did some, you know, work with, you know, Fritz von Erich's World Class Championship Wrestling, WCCW. You also lived with uh, David von Erich. Tell us about that experience and the von Erich family. Well, just a wonderful family and it's just so sad, the tragedy. You know, I'm still friends with Kevin and I see Kevin once in a while in Kauai. Uh, he's got a beautiful family now. Uh Two sons that are tremendous workers, Ross and uh, uh, their son right up the top of my head. Uh, they're both really, really good workers. And uh, actually, they just moved back to Dallas um, just this past year. They still have their house in Kauai. But, you know, living with David was an amazing time of my life. It was a year, over a year of, uh, of a lot of fun. Um, just um, growing in the business and uh, uh, it was uh, it was a tremendous time, actually. Uh, yeah, I was partners with Al Madrill there. We were the America's Tag Team Champions. Um, I, I just uh, really enjoyed the territory. Uh, met 
guys like Bronco Lubitsch, who had been around forever. He was a referee. And I'd, once in a while, I'd ride with Bronco. I'd try to ride with a lot of different people just to get a little education. And Bronco would always try to tell me to buy AT&T stock. I just remember the different things about different people. Um, uh, but he was a great guy, and, and Fritz was a wonderful man. I mean, I like Fritz. He was a little hard on the boys, I have to admit. Um, and uh, he liked his cocktails. But uh, uh, and, uh, Doris, his wife, Doris was the sweetest woman. Um, she helped me in my, uh, a lot in my uh, walk with Christ. And, uh, uh, you know, helped me a lot in... Uh, from going through a very difficult time, and, uh, you know, through passage and biblical strength, uh, she uh, really uh, nurtured me a lot. Uh, the whole family, you know, there was a meal on the table every time we got home. Um, weight rooms, it was, it was it was set up beautifully. Horses, uh, I had my boat there, so we were right on Lake Dallas. Um, we were we were really set up as far as a bachelor's place. I mean, it was the greatest bachelor's place you could you could imagine. <laughs> and uh, you know, Fritz was good to me. He put a hundred dollar bill in my check every week. He used to tell me to watch out for the boys. That was a little more than I could handle. And that's you know that's the main reason Willie and I do this show is to, you know to keep keep the memories alive and you know, and pay homage and respect to the wrestlers and, you know, of, of yesterday. And what a, what a legendary, you know, uh, wrestling family, the, the Von Eric. So thank you. Thank you for, you know, going into that. Like Brian, you're one of these guests. We could sit here and talk to you for two, three weeks, you know, and not cover everything. So we'll do a little bit of jumping around. Uh, I know in, you know, in 81, you know, with the WWF, you were booked at, you know, event senior, then, you had a you know a, a second short run with the with the WWF. Talk to us about the third run with the WWF when you were che- we were teamed up with uh, Jim Brunzel to form the Killer Bees. Well, my first two runs were with WWF were really good, and I got to be really good friends with Vince McMahon Senior, who sent me to Japan for the first time. Right, and uh, I just got uh, when uh, Koji Miyamoto was at. Um, was in uh, uh, Las Vegas recently at the 57th CAC reunion. He brought back all my match results and told me all kind of stories that I had no idea were there. How Anoki wanted to work with me all the time and didn't <laughs> he didn't want to work with anybody but me. And uh, so we had that's why we had so many matches together. And um, every time somebody would tag in, he'd ask to get me in the ring, and it was quite the honor. The real honor, and um, so uh, um, let's see where were, where were we at now? From to uh, okay, going to uh, Brunzel. Uh, okay, so I had a great two runs with uh, you know with WWF and Vince McMahon Senior. Uh, Vince McMahon Senior, uh, Hulkster, and I were standing uh, in Allentown at TV, and we're he would wait just like everybody else waited to use the restroom and um, Terry's doing more talking than I am to Vince Senior and he's right in front of him and Senior walks into the restroom which we were all using there it's just one stall thing and uh, doors open so <laughs> you know he, Vince pees and 
Terry says goodbye. I say goodbye. And all of a sudden, Terry looks at me. He goes, Brian, God dang, look at the toilet. So I said, what, what? And I look, and, you know, the toilet was filled up with blood. Oh. And we didn't realize that, you know, Vince McMahon Sr. was sick. So, um, you know, I uh, I left. I talked to Sr. He wanted me to come back as uh, and work for the Intercontinental title belt. You know, he gave me the B in my name, B. Brian Blair, because uh, they knew that, you know, everybody called me either Bieber or Bieber or B. It was always B, something with a B. When Steve Kern sent me your contact, that's actually what it said, and he had to explain that. He's, he, I looked at my phone, he said, I'm going to hook you up with Brian Blair, and it said it said Bieber. And he said, that, hey, that's what I call him. <laughs> yeah, he does. You were, you were Bieber before Justin that. Bieber. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you, exactly. you need to. Uh, he, he took your gimmick. You need to. You need to get some money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, my mom actually called uh, wrestling matches and told Buddy Colt. Got Buddy Colt on the phone through Charlie Lay, and um, my mom knew uh, his wife and uh, uh, and Buddy, and uh, told Buddy, you know, to make sure nobody hurt her Bieber. <laughs> um, and my first match with uh, you know Ivan Kolob and Pat Patterson, Skip Young and I. So Buddy went back, and Dusty had his cowboy boots on, and all the whole place is full of Briscoes, Morocco, Jimmy Garland, all these different guys are in the locker room. And uh, Buddy Colt announces that Mrs. Blair just called, and to make sure that nobody hurts her Bieber. And so, uh, so you know, Dusty said, "God damn, man, don't hurt Bieber. We can't hurt Bieber." So he started calling Bieber. <laughs> Briscoe started calling me Bieber, but uh, Kern had it right with Bieber. And anyway, Vince McMahon Sr. was curious about all that, and we're on the phone talking, you know, because um, I'm I'm leaving, and uh, and uh, he uh, wants me to come back, you know, to work for the Intercontinental uh, Championship. And he was say, asking me about those names, BBB, and he I don't know if he was in Connecticut or New York when he got a phone book out, and he says. Hey, I got the phone book out, Brian, and he uh, and he says, uh, um, I see a, a lot of Brian Blairs in here, but I don't see any B Brian Blair. He said, when you come back, I want you to be B Brian Blair. And I said, that sounds good to me. And that's where it came back. So then I come back to Brantford, Ontario, Canada. Actually, I started the B Brian Blair. Um, that, that was actually on my, uh, towards towards the middle of my second tour and I changed it then uh, so uh, came back uh, B. Brian Blair and Jumpin' Jim meet in Toronto, Ontario or Brantford, Ontario for television and um, you know uh, that's where the Killer Bees started George Scott said we needed a catchy name and we had an hour that's wanted some catchy name and I started thinking, thinking, thinking uh, Brunzel Blair, Brunzel Blair, and then I remembered the, the 82 Dolphins defense, you know, Baumgartner and uh, Monacani, and they were called the Killer Bees defense. And I said, how about the Killer Bees? Jimmy liked it. So George came back, hadn't even left the room, actually, to go tell Vince. And we said, how about the Killer Bees? He goes, wow, I really like that. That's awesome. He goes, let me find out if Vince likes it. So he comes back about um, 20 minutes later or so and says uh, hey you, Vince loves it you guys are officially the killer bees and 
Um, so we were happy, and Leaping Lanny Poffo reaches down in his bag, and he's got a hockey bag full of gimmicks, and he pulls out a couple pairs of B-tights. Wow. And we actually wore Leaping Lanny's killer B-tights. Uh, he actually gave us those two pairs of tights, our first pairs of killer B-tights. Lanny came in, came in clutch on that one. Yeah, he did. Man, that's, that's a cool story. So he just he just walked around with it with a, as you said a bag full of gimmicks and he said oh, yeah I got some got some B trucks here I, for I, you I got you I got you Brian no problem here you go uh, he 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 had stuff in there to be a preacher a poet he had stuff in there to be anything I mean, he was already prepared to be the genius it sounds like <laughs> yes he was he had all, he had everything uh, I mean a whole hockey bag full of different uh, attire. Speaking of you know, speaking of the Killer Bees, what an awesome tag team! You had some great runs. What talk to the fans about you know mass confusion? This was where you know you and Jim would pull out identical masks during the match, you know, to confuse your opponents. And if I'm not mistaken, you know, this idea was given by Billy Red Lines that he, he'd used that previously in you know Maple Leaf Maple Leaf Wrestling. Correct, and um, we were doing television filming interviews and he said to us you know um, you guys are pretty much the same size and he said I'm not sure if this would work for baby faces but uh, my brother and I used to put masks on and we'd switch and the people would get so pissed off no 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 it's that guy it's that guy but he, he said you know I bet you guys could get away with it as baby faces if you let the heels get enough heat and you switch I bet you they would cheer for you and so I really liked the idea. Uh, Jimmy liked the idea. So we went and had the mask made. And sure enough, we did it with the Hark Foundation, and the roof came off the place. And Vince missed the boat right there. He could have made so much money on selling masks and merchandise. I mean, it, it's it's amazing. I mean, we, we did a lot of merchandise sales from T-shirts to Cracker Jack boxes, Circle K cards, I mean, all kinds of different things. We did Toyota commercials. We did so much, so many different things. But, I mean, at one time, the Killer Bees were the hottest tag team on the planet. I mean, we were, we did the wrestling album. We had won the Survivor Series. We had won the Frank Tunney Tournament. We, we were rocking and rolling. And uh, they had promised us the belts three times. And, you know, just peed me off. I wound up giving my notice. Jimmy wound up staying, but I don't like to get lied to. Right, I've 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 read I've read some of that, and we can you know we can dibble dabble on that if you want to. We can leave that alone. It does, you know, if you want to, you know, if you want to talk, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, I mean, um, well, I didn't know that Jimmy had sued Vince before we were even a tag team, and because it was over a merchandising deal that he did with Greg Gagne. Um, uh, and to clarify, this is Vince. Buy. This is Vince Jr. Correct. Vince Jr. Okay. Uh, did a marketing deal with, over some action figures with Greg Gagne and the High Flyers before Jimmy was going to come here, and uh, uh, apparently Greg signed Jimmy's name, and Vince uh, witnessed it, and Jimmy never signed his name, so he wound up winning that lawsuit. And so that was didn't set well with Vince, and I didn't know either that our booker George Scott had fired 
the last ter- territory Vince uh, or that Jimmy was in was the Charlotte territory, and he got fired by George Scott there. Uh, doesn't mean he's a bad worker or anything. I don't know why you'd fire Jimmy. He's just you know, really a good, easygoing guy. Uh, works hard, and uh, he, you know he's uh, got a ton of talent. So anyway, but for some reason he got fired. So uh, George didn't, you know, think the world of him at the time, and uh, you know he had that, you know, bad uh, black eye from Vince with the lawsuit, and um, I don't know if that's you know what kept us from getting the the tag titles but um you know i i questioned it a couple times uh the first time i did um vince said well you know some people need a belt to get over and you guys don't uh not that you're not going to get them he said but you guys are over like a son of running you don't even have the belts yet can you imagine when you get them so that, that was a pacifying answer then and then the next thing uh, uh, george where's the belts man we need to win the belts well, we were going to do it with Dynamite, um, uh, and he's hurt right now, so we're working on Plan B. But don't forget, you know, the money's in the chase. And I said, yeah, George, we've been chasing him now for two years. It's time to get There's, There needs to be a payoff. And yeah, got to make the fans yeah. believe. And, you know, they've been supporting me that long. you got to make them believe by winning the belts. And... So, you know, three times, finally, I, uh, we had worked 67 days in a row, and like uh, three or five different countries, no days off. Um, Greg, Greg Valentine was on the same tours with us, and he, was, yeah, he, just, he just said, I can't go anymore. And, um, you know, I looked at everybody around. I kept seeing my partner. Uh, you know, being so sad when his kids had something, they're growing up in the middle of their, you know, uh, middle school and elementary school and middle school, and he's missing all their activities, and he's kind of depressed and looking at all that kind of stuff. And I got Pete Gromkowski uh, from Gold's Gyms who keeps offering me to, uh, he kind of keeps coaxing me into opening up a Gold's Gym, giving me my first year licensee fee for free, uh, which was $10,000 at the time. So uh, I just, I had a meeting with Vince in Salisbury, Maryland and said, you know, Vince, um, I'm giving my two week notice today. He said, he kind of smiled at me. He said, you're kidding me. I said, no, I'm not kidding you. And I went through the litany and he said, ah, he said, why don't you give me time to, get with uh, Pat Patterson because Pat was in there and we'll figure out a, a new angle a new approach here we'll split you guys up uh, we're thinking about you guys being heel tag team I said Vince we haven't even won the belts yet we were supposed to win them two years ago and I said you know, it's, it had been uh, too much and I said I'll tell you what I said just let me leave uh, on good terms right now two weeks notice and um, I said uh you know, when the time's right, I'll, I'll come back. And uh, that's how he left it. Finally accepted it, left it. I went and opened up one Gold's Gym in Tampa, wound up building four Gold's Gyms. Uh, Steve Kern was actually uh, my partner in one of my Gold's Gyms. And he, uh, <clears throat> I charged him $20,000 uh, for 20% of, and it was 
worth a lot more than that, a whole lot more. But I love Steve, and he was a tremendous manager, so it was a win-win situation because this is one club that I didn't have to do nothing with, although I'd go there because we had so much fun together. Um, but I managed my managers, and I opened four clubs. I had over 100 employees. I was running a multi-million dollar business. And, um, you know, it does. <clears throat> Gold's Gym isn't like a McDonald's where, you know, you, you go to one of their classes and learn all, all the stuff about um, McDonald's. And <clears throat> it's got to be the same in Tampa or Toledo or Tupelo, Mississippi, where, wherever you go, you Big Mac's a Big Mac. And Not exactly like I, you could put Steve Kern on fries for the day. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 so, no problem. But, uh, you know, we determined our own pricing. Uh, the only thing from Gold's that they give you is uh, uh, the opportunity to buy their T-shirts. and every Anything with their logo you bought from them, that was part of the deal. And you had to have uh, your signs had to be shaped exactly like they're the same color, yada, yada. And, um, you know, from there you were on your own. You made your own pricing, your own business plan, your own P&P, your own flow charts. So I created all that stuff, and um, when we sold the clubs, I mean, I've been elected county commissioner, uh, county-wide, and, uh, which is like being the governor of 10 other states, because Hillsborough County, the county I live in, the population is larger than now 11 other states. Uh, we, we have 1.6 million people here, uh, just in Hillsborough County. Uh, and if you Google that, that's bigger than 11 other states right now. At the time, when I was county commissioner, uh, last year, 2000. Eight, we were bigger than ten other states, but it's a it's a quite the task, and um, uh, I did that and I did did it successfully. But we wound up sell, selling the Gold's gyms when they weren't for sale. Um, before I got into politics, for uh, two point one million dollars, and everything was paid off. So Steve Kern, his twenty dollar check turned into like a hundred and seventy thousand dollar check, and. Uh, you know, that was done right from the accountants. The accountant did, they did everything, split everything up, how much each one was worth based on the formula that they derived uh, for each club. And so Steve not only got that, uh, you know, made, what is that? That's many times his money, 20000 and then you get 170 you do the math. And... Um, for the fans at home, just put a couple zeros behind the numbers that uh, Brian's talking about, and you'll figure out what's going on here. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, he was making, you know, a couple grand a, a week um, at home, no traveling, insurance, 401K, all the things, you know, that you'd want with a job, uh, great insurance and health insurance. So, uh, you know, after we sold them, then uh, – you know, we kind of went our own ways as far as business goes, but uh, it's always been good. I've always had, had my hands in, in something, went then into politics, as I said, and never stopped wrestling. Um, I had one of the best gigs ever in my book, Truth Be Told. Um, uh, and where, where can the fans find your, real quick, where can the fans find your book? Uh, they can find it on Amazon. Okay. And um, it's, uh, it's was the... Uh, an Observer finalist and um, five star rated book on Amazon, and um, it's uh, a great book. I guarantee you. You know, I always tell people if you don't like the book, I'll give you double, double your money back, you? and I will. Nobody. So, I mean, I'm going to ask you a few questions to make sure you read it, but uh, if, if you don't like it, I will. I promise you, I'll give you double your money back. 
So fans, check was, out. Oh, sorry. Check out B. Brian Blair's book, Truth Be Told, on Amazon. That's Truth Be Told by B. Brian Blair on Amazon. It was also I want to mention too. It was also co-authored by Ian Douglas. It also did you know Steve Kern's book as well. And if I'm not mistaken, Brian, you've got four words by Brett the Hitman Hard and Steve Kern himself. I have what now? You have a four-word oh, written yeah, by Brett, yeah. Brett the Hitman Hard and Steve Kern. Yes, and the after words by Hulk Hogan. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, it's uh, it's really, really a good book, uh, especially if you like, uh, if you want to re- really learn the truth about wrestling, I mean, nobody, there's, you're going to learn the truth about the road, the truth about the guys, you know, um, from Orndorff to Hogan, all the guys that were stars then. And the fact that, you know, I went on to um, be the world heavyweight champion for IWA, um, which was great. That was a whole year of every weekend uh, working with Ed Wiskowski, which was was great. And they were all sold shows to military bases, uh, Indian tribes and casinos. And that was a great gig. And I was going to Japan and I did a lot of independence. So, you know, I never actually had my retirement match until 2019. Oh, wow. You know, it was a long, long road. And I don't recommend that anybody wrestles that long. It's too hard on the body. You know, definitely, definitely encourage everybody to check out that book. Like it, in, in 2022, it was listed as a finalist for Bro, Best Pro Wrestling Book of the Year. So obviously, it's 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 a great book. And I know, you know, Ian Douglas, he does he does great things in the wrestling world with you guys and stuff too. So I'd che- I would recommend everybody checking out that book. I'm sure it's a fabulous read. And Brian, we'll probably do what we did with Steve. We'll probably get your address and get a couple and ship them to you and get you to sign them if you don't mind. That's that's what Steve's doing for us. Sure, absolutely. Or you can go to um, uh, uh, the Killer Bee store, uh, killerbee.org, and um, you don't even have to. You can buy them there for the same price and uh, tell me what you want signed, and I'll ship them right to you. That's, that's check a- it out. So, fans, check out the Killer Bee store. And as Brian said, they will. He will. Killerbeestore.net. And you can order a book, and Brian will will, will uh, personalize an autograph for you. Absolutely. And uh, uh, so, anyway, uh, like I was saying, I, I mean, wrestling's been a tremendous uh, uh, part of my life, even through the gyms, through politics. I've never quit the never stopped. I've always worked every year, um, doing either going to Japan or, or independence or with the IWF. IWA, I mean, and uh, Herb Abrams. I don't know if you ever watched any Dark Side. Yeah, yeah. I've I've seen you on there so many times. I was thinking you probably had a contract with him. I've seen you on there so much. Yeah, I just did another. Did another. I did just did two more things. I just did the first episode of season five, uh, which will be, um, and you're hearing it here first, um, which will be uh, Brutus the Beefcake's uh, parasailing accident. Oh wow. Nice. And it was brutal. I was right there, you know, pulled them out of the water. But it was brutal. But that's what the first episode for season upcoming season five will be. And then I, you know, like you mentioned, did a documentary on the Hulkster. And um, I, uh, I've got a lot of stuff in the works. So, you know, keeping the old man busy. Plus, plus one thing that's really cool that if you guys really want to be entertained on Saturday nights, um, 
check out the Celebrity Tournament of 40 uh, on the TKN Network. It's on Facebook. And there's all kind of, there's like uh, uh, 12 Hall of Famers from wrestling. There's uh, like 20, 28 big-time celebrities. Um, but uh, it's like 40 people competing um, for um, a trip to Greece and uh, $13,000. Oh wow! So I I'm undefeated on there. I don't want to jinx myself. <laughs> <laughs> so say that one more time. What so the fans can hear it one more time? What is the the name of the show? It's called the Grand Celebrity Tournament of Forty. Okay. Um, and it's on the TKN Network. Um, uh, it's on uh, which I think it's derived off of Facebook. Uh, also, the green room, uh, you may see it under the green room, and it's free, check it out, Saturday nights, 8 o'clock, every Saturday night. No, we don't miss, we don't miss any Saturday nights. And Avi Klein does a tremendous job. Uh, matter of fact, I've got an interview with him at 4 because I've got a live podcast within that show. Um, and so do several other uh, people that you would really find interesting. It's a it's a tremendous uh, network. Um, they have like two million viewers a week on their show. Oh wow! They're across like I don't know. I, I forget how many pages. It's a lot because I don't understand how they count that. But you know when they when the people start voting, you can see it. they come in so fast. <laughs> I mean, it's unbelievable. You know because it's like a grand celebrity debate. You know it's like I'll be debating Steve Kern or. Uh, you know, Ray Lo- uh, Glacier or um, uh, uh, Jim McMahon from the uh, you know the quarterback from the Bears, or you know just all kinds of celebrities. You name it, they're on there. Sounds awesome. We encourage everybody to check that out. Uh, Brian, we you're a wrestling legend all over the world. You you know the Killer Bees, one of the most legendary tag teams of all time. Uh, you know, you've worked WrestleMania two, three, and four. You've done you've you've done it all, and you know you're you're a great, great selling author, wrestling legend, and we can't appreciate you enough for you know giving us a chance and you know doing this show with us this morning. Oh, thank you, uh, Willie B, uh, Mayor John. It's been uh, it's been my pleasure. You know, I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be on your show, and I wish you and your fans nothing but good things. Um, God's blessings and um, stay positive, everybody. Please, absolutely, and I'm glad you mentioned you know God blessings always. You know, be be thankful and humble for what you, what you have, and you know all all glory be to God. Amen, amen, my friends, amen, amen. Thank you, Brian, so much for taking time with us. Thank you, guys. All Take right, care. call me anytime. Yes, sir. Thank you, Brian. I See can. you. Bye.